0: Today on Ag News Daily.
1: I walked into that job knowing barely anything about being a farm broadcaster as far as reading the markets, knowing the markets, farm news, everything. I knew the terms from being a a rural kid.
0: Good afternoon and happy Wednesday. It's Ashton Carr joined by Delaney Howell. Delaney, how is your Wednesday going?
2: Well, Ashton, um, I'm embarrassed to say this, but it's been like four years since I've been to the dentist.
0: So I had a traumatic dentist visit today. I also went to the dentist a couple of, I say the other day, it's probably been a couple of weeks now, but I got to tell you, I'm not scared of like doctor's offices or getting shots or anything like that. But the dentist, I despise. Me too. I hate it when they, you know,
2: like scrape your teeth to get plaque or whatever. out. It's just... An unpleasant spe- experience all around
0: the noise just it, yes. it just makes me want to gag I don't know what it is but I just I hate it
2: Yep, yeah,
0: I am in the same boat
2: so I am happy to be done with that for today and be turning my attention to something much better than the dentist
0: well kick things off for us Delaney what are you watching for today
2: Well, you know, the big thing that I was watching today was definitely the markets and how they recovered after yesterday's huge moves. Soybeans had a little bit of a pullback. Corn was a little bit mixed on the day. But this news is going to be interesting to see how the market reacts to it. Um, In Argentina, we know they've been having workers' strikes and port closures. And on Monday, we saw the Argentine government wanted to place an, a cap on corn exports. However, today, the Argentine government decided to reverse that decision from Monday, they said, to avoid tensions in the domestic markets. But they're saying they're going to vow to monitor supplies to avoid any potential tensions. Argentina agreed to remove 30,000 tons per day on corn exports on Tuesday. So they've won't have any sort of a cap now. And this policy was going to be put in place come February. But now the government's backtracked on this decision. And really why this is important, or I think could be interesting to see how it plays out, is this sudden shift in restrictions has farmers really riled up down in Argentina. Farmers want to were Unhappy before with the export cap, saying it would probably hurt their profitability. And now that we're seeing the government react, whether or not it was in reaction to the Argentinian Argentinian farmers being unhappy with continued strikes. You know, I think this had caused farmer strikes earlier in the week, if not last week. And so this could be also in response that now they're reversing that decision because they're trying to appease their farmers. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one shakes out. That's for sure.
0: It certainly will, Delaney. And I have some unfortunate news coming coming out of Illinois. Nearly ten thousand pigs were killed in a devastating fire at West and Wanda Pitcher's hog operation near, I believe it is pronounced G I L A. I don't know if you're familiar with that part of Illinois, Delaney. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to guess it's Gila. See, I've I've kind of learned my lesson on trying to pronounce things, but I was right there with you. I think it's pronounced Gila, but the cause of the fire is still being determined. Unfortunately, no people were injured in this fire, but it broke out about eight thirty a.m. and was finally brought under control by noon yesterday and the remote location of that operation and windy conditions hammered firefighting operations. A number of area fire companies were on the scene. Unfortunately, they were able to get that under control after a few hours. However, The farrowing building and the office building were destroyed and another building was damaged. And it's estimated that 6,000 weaning pigs and more than 3,500 breeding stock were lost in the fire. So my thoughts are definitely with that family and that operation.
2: Yeah, and that is a lot of of hogs to see stuff like that happen to. You know, this time of year is always dangerous for folks that are hauling. We got winter
0: weather. But uh, it just breaks my heart to hear that, too, Ashton. Unfortunately, in the ag industry, we are encountering a lot of difficulties, a lot of challenges on a daily basis. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't get any easier from here, that's for sure.
2: But uh, one thing that might might get a little easier is tightening global supplies. We, of course, saw the WISE report come out yesterday and Russian officials, as I previously have mentioned on the podcast, decided to put out an export tax on domestic products leaving the country. While it appears that Russian officials will meet again next week to discuss adjustments to those export taxes beginning next, which are set to begin next month. So this tariff was intended to essentially push traders to sell more wheat domestically to try and tamp down some of the high wheat production prices that Russia is seeing domestically. However, this, even before this tax goes into effect, there's quite a few folks concerned that it hasn't done enough to reach those goals and that those export taxes may need to be ramped up. So much so that we saw Egypt, which is the country's top, which is Russia's top wheat customer, cancel a few tenders of Russian wheat. And so while Russia does still remain the world's largest exporter of wheat, These chain events leading up to Egypt's canceled tender are adding to the growing concerns about a tightening global supply of wheat worldwide. And again, I say a tightening supply. Is that a reason for a red flag? Probably not. We do produce a lot of wheat worldwide, but it's going to be interesting to see is Russia just grandstanding or
0: are they indeed going to change their export taxes moving forward? Well Delaney, I have another piece of news from Illinois and in fact it's more news about pork as well. The Illinois Pork Power Partnership to Fight Hunger donated more than 101 000, I can't read this number apparently today, but 101,000 pounds of pork to food banks throughout the state in 2020. The Illinois Pork Producers Association, Illinois Corn Marketing Board and Illinois Soybean Association checkoff program have now donated more than three million servings of pork to Illinois families since the program began in 2008. ICMB chairman Dirk Rice says pork power is one of his favorite projects that Illinois Corn invests in because as a farmer, he feels very connected to the job of feeding hungry people. And this program impacts local communities. Pig farmers participate by covering the processing fees of their donated pigs. Funds are raised for the program through pork power T-shirt sales, and packers and processors across the state also donate their services to the cause. And being down here in Texas, I haven't heard of this initiative, but it is definitely something that touches my heart.
2: And it's good to hear that folks are giving a little extra; they're helping out a little more during COVID nineteen times, which everybody which has been very trying for everyone. But Ash and I tell you what; I have just one other piece of news before we chat markets for today, and that is. Retail fertilizer and potash prices are showing some mixed moves here after the first few weeks of January, Uh, several after several consecutive weeks of prices, all of the prices really moving higher, we are now seeing some things stall out, but. You know, talking to growers across the Midwest, starting to hear some echoes and whispers that fertilizer is going to be hard to find here for the next couple of weeks, if not into the spring. Uh, prices overall, out of the six of the eight major fertilizer prices and companies that, you know, sell it, were higher compared to the month prior, four of which were up significantly, uh, about 5% or more. And potash was also about 6% higher, bringing the total. Of potash and/or fertilizer prices to be about four eighty-two per ton, and potash more specifically three sixty-nine per ton. So it sounds like if you don't have those things locked in with your retail provider, you might want to get on that. You know, we had propane issues a few years ago. Looks like this year we could have. I'm not saying supply issues, but it is uh, trending that way at this point in time.
0: Well, Delaney, I just have one other story. Before we hop into the markets for today, the United States is imposing a region-wide ban on all cotton and tomato products from Western China's Xinjiang region over allegations that they are made with forced labor from detained Uyghur Muslims. And that was stated by U.S. Customs and Border Protection earlier today. The action applies to raw fibers, apparel, and textiles made from Xinjiang-grown cotton, as well as tomato-based food products and seeds from the region. The ban, known as a withhold release order, also applies to products processed or manufactured in third countries. The agency, which is part of the Department of Homeland Security, estimates that about $9 billion of cotton products and $10 million worth of tomato products were imported into the U.S. in the past year. And earlier in December, the U.S. Congress passed the bipartisan UGAR Forced Labor Prevention Act that assumes that all goods manufactured in Xinjiang are made with forced labor and therefore banned under the 1930 Tariff Act unless the Commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection certifies otherwise. And the U.S. is not the only country that are taking steps to ban products from this region of China. I do know that Britain is working on new rules as well, although I'm not exactly sure on all the parameters, so I won't speak too much on that. But I know that we are not alone in this. Yes, and fun fact for you, Ashton, I um,
2: only know this because I took a course on it in college, but it's actually pronounced Wigger.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm having all sorts of pronunciation problems today. So thank you. No, for- that one's that <laughs> one's a tough one to know. I just, I literally just
2: happened to know that because of the project, or excuse me, the the class I took where we studied that part of China in particular. Gotcha. Well, Delaney, I am all out of news for today. If you're ready to read the markets, I certainly am, Ashton. And you know, after yesterday's exciting, explosive moves. We did slow down a little bit on the soybean side of things, but I think that's expected after moving, you know, some 50 cents higher. Corn, however, continued their move to the upside except for new crop. So let's kick things off here with the March corn contract up seven and a quarter cent to close at 5.24 and a half. The May up eight and three quarters to close at 5.27 and three quarters. In the soybean pits, January pulling back. Just slightly 11 cents today to close at 14.11. The March down 12 to close at 14.06. In the wheat pits, Chicago March contract pulling back 4.5 cents to close at 6.60. And a half the May down 4.5 to close at 6.61. And a quarter. In the livestock pits, mixed trade today across the cattle complexes. The February contract shed 22.5 cents to close at 112.25. The April down 17.5 to close at 117.47. And in feeder cattle, March contract. Pushing higher thirty-five cents to close at one thirty-four thirty-two and a half. The April up fifty to close at one thirty-six seventy-five. And in lean hogs, pulling back today as the February live cattle, February lean hog contract pulled back a dollar sixty five to Cools at 68.85. The April down 57.5 cents to cools at 72.95. And lastly, rounding out our markets with the class three dairy milk futures. February adding eight cents today to cools at 1876. March putting up eight cents on the board to close at 1840. Ashton, without further ado, fill us in on who we're talking to for today's interview.
0: Today we are talking to musician and market, I guess you might call him an analyst, Jesse Allen.
2: Well, I am very excited to be joined today by fellow Farm Broadcaster and fellow podcaster, Jesse Allen, host of the Market Talk podcast. Jesse, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hey, I appreciate it. It's uh, great to be on with you guys.
2: So, Jesse, you have a really cool background and a cool history, um, but let's start from the beginning you worked for a long time in farm broadcasting. And to be honest, I don't know what you did up until that point, but give us a little bit back. Give, a, give us a little bit of background before we get into your podcast that you just recently launched.
1: Sure. Well, uh, it, it's a fairly simple and short story. I, I grew up in north central Iowa in a tiny town of about 300 people called Marble Rock. And I went to college at Simpson in Indianola, Iowa, and ended up getting a journalism degree. And while I was there, I interned a couple places, including in Des Moines at Clear Channel, iHeart Media, and then uh, interned at KGLO Alpha, Alpha Media in Mason City, Iowa, and ended up graduating in 2013 and had a job offer waiting for me to be the farm director at KGLO, which at the time, and this is seven years ago. Uh, Well, almost eight years ago now, I I walked into that job knowing barely anything about being a farm broadcaster as far as reading the markets, knowing the markets, farm news, everything. I knew the terms from being a a rural kid growing up, but that was about it. And I, I took that job. And it evolved over uh, seven years, but uh, I was with KGLO up until August of 2020 when I decided it was time for a new challenge, and I I said goodbye to uh, radio at that point. So,
0: Jesse, you now have your own podcast market talk, and I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in our conversation, Mm -hmm. but... I want to know what made you go from living up in cold Iowa, because we talked about this just before we started recording, down to Nashville, because that's quite a change. And to be honest, I'm a little bit jealous.
1: <laughs> well, uh, the other thing about me, too, is that I'm a, I'm a country music artist and I've been pursuing. Well, I've been a musician since I was a little kid, and I really have kind of been pursuing my my music career for probably the last... Six years, seven years, pretty much about the time I started at KGLO in Mason City. I've started to really take my music career seriously. Since then, I've put out a couple EPs, uh, a couple singles on Spotify, iTunes, had a few songs on on country radio, um, music videos, that kind of thing. And finally just decided that it was time to kind of be where the action is in Nashville and be present among uh, my peers and fellow songwriters and artists and everything else it it got to the point where i was flying to nashville or driving to nashville about every two to three months for meetings songwrites everything else and i just said okay i love iowa but if i'm gonna give this a shot uh i need to be in nashville and when i walked away from radio and everything and decided that i was moving that was a that was a big step in itself and I, you know, I fell in love with broadcast and and being a farm broadcaster while I was pursuing my music career. And that's, we can get to this as well, but that's kind of how the idea for Market Talks started. Cause I said, I don't want to completely leave behind all the great people I've met and and everything that I've been doing as a farm broadcaster. How can I find a way to do that while I'm pursuing my country music artist goals and songwriter goals? And That's how all this just kind of happened. So I relocated to Nashville in September and uh, spent a couple months couch surfing (laughs) with friends until uh, I found a house. And me and my roommate, who's actually my drummer, um, we've got a great place now and we're settled and uh, we're we're enjoying life in Nashville. So that's kind of the short story about that.
2: It's a fun story, too, Jesse. I mean, it's cool to see you take a leap of faith, really, and move out to Nashville. Um, I was just there for New Year's Eve, and it's really cool to just see all the live musicians out there and bands and people trying to make it, you know, in country music. But I want to talk a little bit more about your podcast.
0: Sure.
2: Um, So Market Talk, like you mentioned, was something that it sounds like you started to stay connected to farm broadcasting. So tell a little bit more about that.
1: Well, right as I was leaving Iowa in the end of August, and I was thinking about, you know, how can I stay connected with farm broadcasting and and broadcasting in general? uh, Because, you know, once you kind of get that bug, it it doesn't really go away. (laughs) And um, I've always had this idea for, you know, a market type program um, in the back of my mind for quite a while. I had it when I was in broadcast radio, and it just never came to fruition on the air. But markets kind of become something that I really enjoy talking about, and I know the terminology fairly well. I'm not an expert by any means. Uh, that's why I talk to experts on Market Talk. But um, I, I, was, I was thinking about it, and about the last week that I was on the air at KGLO, I came up with this idea for Market Talk and took it to a friend of mine, Uh, who used to be in sales and PR and and who had been let go because of COVID. And he loved the idea and he's kind of been helping me behind the scenes. Randy Happel is a tremendous uh, help to me and I can't thank him enough for everything he's done on the back end of market talk. But we basically started working on this concept uh, September 1st and launched it November 1st. And we've been live now for two months and it's um it's been a whirlwind to say the least, and you know it's been interesting um learning you know not only the world of podcasting, but how to market myself as a podcaster, be yet a farm broadcaster. Um you know, it's it's been fun, I guess. Let's just put it that way. And it's been fun being my own boss. I think that's the other great thing, too. And I'm sure, you know, Delaney Ashton, you both know this, obviously, with Ag News Daily and your other ventures. It's fun to uh, be your own boss, and you only have to answer to one person, and that's yourself, usually, which is, um, it can be challenging and daunting, but I think it's rewarding at the same time. And Market Talk has just been a fun ride for me. And Getting to interview numerous experts each day and bring what I feel is important information to farmers and ranchers uh, about the market trends on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, Uh, it's very rewarding and very fulfilling for me, and I'm just enjoying the ride so far.
0: Now, Jesse, there are a ton of podcasts out there, maybe not so many that are market-driven, such as Market Talk, but... For you know those podcasts that do talk about markets every day, how does Market Talk differentiate itself from those shows?
1: That's a, a great question and a great point. And I know there's uh, quite a few you know, podcasts out there, or radio shows for that matter, that, that talk about the markets every day. But I, I found that the one thing I feel like separates what I'm doing from others, uh, for the most part, is the fact that One, I'm bringing on experts and analysts and brokers, you name it, who are very well respected throughout uh, on a daily basis. Uh, And also, we're getting to go more in depth. There's no for me, there's no time limit. If I was in radio, I'd have three, four, maybe five minutes to talk to somebody about the markets. It'd be a very condensed version. And I listen to some other podcasts and they do a great job, but they also, it can be kind of condensed. You know, they're not, they're hitting the high points, they're hitting the low points and there's not really a lot of room for expansion. With market talk, basically I'm giving these analysts an open platform. If we go 15, 20 minutes talking about things, we go 15, 20 minutes. If we go a half an hour, we go a half an hour. The goal is that I want to dive deeper. Into what's going on with the markets to try and give uh, producers more insight and and more things to consider when they're making their marketing decisions, and I just feel like that's very important and it's something that sets me apart from what everyone else is doing. And again, everyone else and and all the other ones that I hear are all great. Uh, we're all trying to do the same thing: is help producers and educate them, but my goal with market talk. And I think what sets us apart is the fact that we can just dive deeper and that's the sole focus. And the entire focus is to dive deeper in what's going on with the markets.
2: Yeah. And I think especially, Actually, right now with markets having these exciting moves. I mean, we're mm-hmm. not quite living up today, but uh, today's gonna be a fun podcast for folks to listen to with you, Jesse. That's for sure. And so if folks do want to start tuning into Market Talk, how can they find your podcast and connect with you?
1: Yeah, the easiest way uh, is to go to markettalkag.com. There's two T's in there, markettalkag.com. And, and that'll help you find links to... Uh, All the audio sources, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Amazon Music, you name it. And then also YouTube. Uh, We do a video and audio version of the podcast. And that's posted up every day on our YouTube channel as well. And then it's, of course, uh, linked on the website. And that's probably the easiest. Just go to markettalkag.com. Find us on social media. It's all at MarketTalkAg. And you'll be able to find uh, the podcast, whichever source you want to use and be able to subscribe and uh, follow us there.
2: Fantastic. Well, Jesse, it's been exciting to uh, watch your journey and I love your podcast. So good luck in the future. And thanks for coming on with us today.
1: Hey, I appreciate the time. Thank you guys so much for having me on. And uh, anytime you guys want to jump on market talk with me as well, I'd be happy to have you on.
2: Well, again, a big thank you there to Jesse, and it's exciting to see him launch his own podcast. So folks do be sure to go check that one out. It's so definitely a good listen.
0: Absolutely Delaney. And I think it's so cool that people in the agriculture industry are able to juggle so many things at once. I mean, he's juggling music and markets and I mean, you're juggling a bunch of things all at once all the time. And we're always talking to, you know, those kinds of interesting people in the ag industry. So folks be sure to tune in at agnewsdaily.com and follow us on social media as well at agnewsdaily. With that Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.